The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. I'm me. Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Oh, man, I almost made it through that without the coffee burp coming through, Adam. But it is great to see you. We've reached the all-star break, 91 games down on the schedule. Today, we come to you on a Monday, the Monday of the Home Run Derby. Tomorrow, we've got the all-star game. We just watched the Futures game. We just uh, had the MLB draft. And the Brewers are a game back with the Cincinnati Reds after taking two out of three games against them at American Family Field. Before we get into all of that, Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, Lots of good, exciting things happening in the world of Brewers. It has been a challenging first half of the season, to say the least. But just just as we got to that point, just as we got to that kind of the first finish line, I started to really feel better about things again. I this was a a good series, a fun series. The Brewers have just been on an insane run of the closest and most nail biting games, even by Brewers standards. Um, this whole lengthy kind of NL Central stand. It was their single game decided by more than three runs. There wasn't. You've got to go back to. 
when they lost to the Mets on June 27th, I think it was, for the last time a Brewers game was decided by more than three runs. So that is a long run of pretty entertaining, stressful baseball. Um, but if we're to take the the whole picture of it, the Brewers have done very well in that spell. The only series they haven't won out of their last five was against the Cubs, and they split that four-game series. So they needed to find a little bit of extra momentum to uh, to close out the first half, and they did just that. They sure did, and we'll talk about uh, the series in the rearview mirror here in a moment, and then we'll talk about uh, the series throughout the front window, which is also against the Cincinnati Reds, so a lot of Reds, as we mentioned last week. But first, uh, some procedural news and notes, as we like to call them. Uh, cool moment. Um, Abner Uribe caught up by the Brewers. Uh, Tyson Miller was DFA, and Miller had uh, been uh, been struggling in his various stints with the Brewers and never really seemed to find any solid ground. And now uh, one of the most enticing relief prospects uh, with the Brewers is in the bullpen and we got to see him on uh, Saturday and we got to see the gas and the excitement that uh, comes with it. He's a guy we mentioned um, a few podcasts ago when we were talking about w- what happens with this revolving door in the bullpen and uh, in mentioning Uribe, your point was let's get him here and give him a shot and like really commit to seeing if this can work. And hopefully they do that because uh, obviously there's a lot to like there. We know that uh, command control and, and walks might be something uh that he struggles with as he gets used to pitching in the big leagues. But so far, uh, a good start for him. And I, for one, am excited to see him uh, in the pen. And, you know, we assume that with a pretty nailed-on high-leverage group of Devin, Yoel, Elvis, Hobie, and we can even throw Bryce Wilson into there, uh, Uribe will be given the chance to, uh, you know, figure out major league pitching uh, or what comes along with being a major league pitcher in less than high leverage situations. So I, for one, am excited to see it, and we've already seen a little bit of it. Absolutely. We'll we'll talk some more about it, but that's the most exciting call-up we've had in quite a while now. Um, to bring in someone is always a little bit different with a reliever, but who is one of the kind of surefire people have been circling, um, keeping an eye out for when he might make the jump and what that might look like. Brewers prospects... There is, and first look, very, very encouraging, very exciting, and we'll get into the specifics, but um, again, that kind of fun jolt of energy, I think, as a fan, uh, a certain kind of jolt of energy to his manager and his teammates, it seems like, too, based on the events that, that followed um, Abner Uribe's debut, but yeah, I, I think it's... It's honestly just the philosophy this team needs to carry forward. Um, I, I think a lot of the better things that have happened for them this season are born out of that. Even with all of the ups and downs, if Garrett Mitchell hadn't been injured, we may be seeing more of that. But I think Joey Weimer and Bryce Terang, it's very rare at this point to go a series where either or both of those guys are not making key plays. Like, they're... They're pretty essential. Bryce Terang, every time he's out there, his bat has actually been pretty steady lately, but he's making amazing defensive plays every single day. 
Joey Weimer's defense has been absolutely fantastic pretty much all season. A couple of hairy moments here or there, but that's to be expected. And, I mean, what's he, third on the team in home runs? He's come up with a lot of big hits. Sure, his approach at the plate, his discipline, that could that could stand to improve. But I think at this point, maybe the best way to do that is reps. And we've seen with those two guys, we saw Garrett Mitchell early in the season, you know, there's a point where are they ready? Are they ready? Sometimes you just got to throw them in the deep end and then they become ready and you benefit. And I think particularly when it comes to the bullpen, consider the options we've been looking at recently and maybe some of the ways they would have had to go. It was time for Abner Uribe and it was great to see him to get the call. There was quite literally, there was a really nice video of him getting the call and that I'm sure everyone saw on social media and see him kind of back that up. But a good first outing was very, very exciting. Yes, it was. Uh, elsewhere around Brewers news, uh, Brandon Woodruff threw a bullpen and uh, he's going to throw another one on Thursday. Was sitting mid 90s with his fastball uh, in a 25 pitch session and he's, quote, in a good place. So. Nothing more to add on that at the at this moment, but let's just keep the po- positive thoughts coming and hope that we finally see Brandon Woodruff back in the rotation because that uh, that would be huge for what uh, the remainder of this season looks like for the Brew Crew. Uh, Mike Brasso also cleared waivers and is back with uh, the Nashville Sounds, so off the forty man, but still in the organization. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see that happen. Um, I thought some team would uh, give him a chance and and see if he can uh, figure out kind of how to hit lefties again, which was his calling card last year. As you noted uh, to me offline, it possibly could have been a situation of timing uh, that worked out with with Brasso not being able to find a home. Did you have any thoughts on that? Or also uh, Jemai Jones being optioned to Nashville, um, obviously. We had that great moment uh, last week with Jemai's first pitch bases clearing uh, double against the Cubs. Um, but uh, yeah, those uh, those two guys will be in Nashville now. So if, uh, if you want to see some some fan favorites, get down to Nashville. I think it's good news to the Brewers and Brasso still being within the organization. I mean, it's a situation that's not entirely dissimilar, I guess, to where we were at Castanero when he got DFA'd. And look where we've come back to. It's he's found it, he's playing well, and the Brewers are struggling and in need at that position. You know what? Maybe it's time for him to come back. And we could have something similar with Brasso. If he goes and he finds it again in Nashville, then it's it's definitely a positive that you have that as an option. Um, so not sure it's the greatest for him, but worked out pretty well for the Brewers in the end. Jemai Jones, I just felt like this was the case. I was not going to get carried away on the Jemai Jones wave of excitement. He gave us what may end up being the moment of the season. Um, but if people might remember the moment more than the player by the time the season goes on, who knows? Maybe he'll be back at some point. Maybe he'll get to make a greater impact. I would like to think or assume this is a sign that Rowdy Telez is making very speedy progress, feeling a lot better and will be back post All-Star and hopefully looking much, much better. Um, There were some more details. It was actually Rock who was talking through that on the broadcast yesterday about 
the pain essentially what what the injury was causing for Rowdy is pain going through the hand uh, his lower hand on the bat as he tried to drive through and making it more difficult for him to drive through in the way that he usually would um I guess where I'd come down on that is one of two places we'll have to wait and see see which it is but one okay well that's something tangible and if this rest has done the trick and he's going to come back better that could be a massive massive boost for the brewers the other side of it is though this feels like a very very short spell in the il and a very short spell of rest to maybe iron out something like that that's been bothering him or uh, i don't know i there. There seems to be enough that's quite vague about that injury and the reporting around it where it feels like if this was, you know, the end of a season, Rowdy is probably going for surgery. And I just, I wonder, is it going to be something that the rest is just going to magically fix? Or is there something that they're trying to manage or trying to find ways to work through? And quite clearly, it hasn't been working for him of late. So I guess that's something to keep an eye on, keep monitoring for the moment, well, let's be optimistic that he's feeling somewhat better and he's going to be back. Um, but how exactly that looks, I'll be curious because I just thought that was a little, a little layer of more specific detail. Um, that I'm not a doctor. The doctor is on you know different podcasts on this podcast network, but it it seemed to me like something that may not be just an immediate quick fix. And oh. That pain is gone, no discomfort, get back to just absolutely slugging, Rowdy. So, we'll see. Last uh, bit of news and notes. Um, We're going to talk about the draft, we're going to talk about the Futures game, but we're saving that uh, for the end of the podcast. So, um, that will be coming. But uh, Corbin Burns has been added to the National League All-Star roster. Burns not really having an All-Star level season, but has had some good outings of late. Uh, 3-9 for ERA on the year, uh, does lead the team in innings pitched uh, and gains started and second strikeouts for the 102. Um, but he's uh, going to be uh, an injury replacement for Spencer Strider. Um, so nice to, to see Corbin uh, in the game. We'll hopefully get to see him throw his one inning on Tuesday. Uh, obviously, Devin Williams was an all-star selection, but uh, he will not pitch in the game. He'll be in Seattle, and uh, Craig Kim- Kimbrell is replacing him. Uh, Devin uh, and the bullpen's gotten a, a pretty heavy workload over the last week, so no real surprise there um, to see him uh, opt for not pitching. Yeah, that's kind of a kind of sucks for Devin, but it is the, absolutely the best thing that could happen at this point. Um, you can't do a whole lot about the Brewers being in like twenty straight close games, can you? So, <laughs> like that kind of makes a decision for everyone involved. At least he's going to go and soak up the festivities. Um, was it? Was it? I'm trying to remember who got the call with Devin. It wasn't Bednar. Bednar had already. Uh, Craig Kimbrell. It was Craig Kimbrell. That's right. Um, always nice when someone else gets a spot. I mean, we were hoping a spot, hoping a spot would open up elsewhere for another brewer, Christian Yelich, which hasn't happened. Um, it's just a pity there wasn't anyone feeling that needs to, you know, I need to rest up. It's been a tough few weeks, uh, much like Devin, Devin has, but all-star in our heart, Christian Yelch. Uh, yes, he is all-star in our heart. And, uh, that's really the most important 
place to be an all-star, Adam, is in the hearts and minds of Milwaukee Brewers fans. Uh, moving on to the series against the Reds. Like I said, we'll get to the draft in a moment. Uh, Big-time series uh, for, you know, the standings, but also just, I think, for morale, like going in against the team that you're chasing in the division, you want to come out with a good result. You want to win the series on your home field and go into the all-star break feeling positive about your team. That's what the Brewers did. They got started off on uh, this Friday night facing off against rookie left-hander Andrew Abbott. Abbott uh, made his major league debut against the Brewers and uh, befuddled them, uh, throwing six innings, working around a hit and four walks, striking out six. Uh, But this time, the Brewers uh, would not be befuddled. They start the scoring off very early. Willie Adamas doubles in the first inning to score uh, William Contreras, makes it 1-0. Owen Miller follows that with a double of his own to score Thomas to make it 2 nothing. Then Joey Weimer in the second homers dead or, or left center field scoring himself and Victor Caratini. That makes it 4 nothing. Brewers get out to an early lead against the left-hander. Abbott only goes four and a third. Uh, nine hits, six runs, all earned. Uh, one walk and uh, six strikeouts. Uh, the Reds would get a couple of runs in the fifth inning on a Joey Votto homer off of Corbin Burns. And then uh, the Brewers would get two more runs in the fifth on a Willie Adamas homer. It's 6-2 in the fifth. Corbin Burns goes six innings, three hits, two runs. Uh, They're both earned on the Joey Votto homer, four walks, six strikeouts. Brewers jump on a lefty early. Corbin Burns looks mostly very, very good. Uh, Brewers come out and state their intent early in this series, Adam. I don't know if you had any thoughts about the first half of that game. Uh, I guess Corbin is the main thing. Again, he looked absolutely fantastic until Joey Votto, Brewers killer. 44 homers or something, I think was the stat I saw at some point in his career against the Brewers. Uh, that's a lot of home runs, <laughs> even for even for a division rival. That's a lot of home runs against one team. Um, but Corbin looking very close to his best. Uh, I guess an interesting time for all kinds of reasons. Um, Interesting for the Brewers as they pick up some steam and maybe look to make a second half run. Also interesting for the potential trade market, given we we all know the realities of where his future lies. So that's worth noting. And in the meantime, it's going to help the Brewers win baseball games. He sure did. And uh, for the most part, the Brewers get Good relief in this series. An inning and two-thirds from Hobie Milner with four strikeouts. Like, Hobie continues to just be excellent. Uh, Tyson Miller on to pitch. Uh, It went less well for him. Just two-thirds of an inning pitch. Uh, One hit allowed, two walks. Uh, The hit being a Joey Votto double that scored Jonathan India and uh, Luke Fraley. Is that TJ Fraley or Luke Fraley? Jake Fraley. I get the Fraley. Jake, yeah. there, there's a Brooks Raley, there's a Luke Fraley, there's a there's just so many Ailey names out there, and they just always get me. This is like when I uh, said the wrong name for Jake Brigham and I had to apologize to all the Brigham family. But anyway, uh, Devin Williams comes on, records the final two outs of the game uh, to close things out and, and save the day. Brewers take a 7-3-1 in the opener. 7-3 win, not a 7-3-1. I'm having some health problems lately, Adam, so if I pass out... Uh, in front of you at this laptop just take over and keep it rolling we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, moving on to the, uh, second game of this series, and I'm, I'm carefully pulling up, uh, a point of reference here because something happened in this game that was, uh, uh, pretty wild. So we have to talk about it, even though it was a bad thing for the Brewers. Um, so, uh, on the mound for the Brewers is Colin Ray, a guy who's pitched pretty well lately. Uh, didn't go as well for him today, unfortunately. Uh, the Brewers did score uh first and early again a Willie Adamas homer in the first makes it one nothing in the third the Reds would answer back with a Will Benson homer in the third Christian Yelich doubles to right to score Joey Weimer um that made it 2-1 Brewers then the Brewers take a 4-1 lead on yet another Willie Adamas homer um uh then in the uh the fourth inning I think is is the fourth inning where all this chaos had happened Adam or was that later? um I feel like it was later in the no, game. It was, no, it was yeah, the it was, seventh, it was the, right? Yeah, the seventh. I've got to pull it up. Okay, I saw in my notes here that uh, Dela Cruz was one of the run scorers in the fourth, so I was wondering if he was on base oh, because of that, but listen, he wasn't. He, he just he scores runs, Andrew. It's going to happen more than once a game. Uh, so in the fourth, the Brewers holding uh, a 4-1 lead with Jake Fraley. And Ellie De La Cruz on base. Joey Votto, again, like you said, Brewers killer, just comes up to the plate, crushes a three-run homer to make it 4-4. Four to four. The Brewers bounce back immediately in the bottom of the fourth. A Bryce Serang triple scores Brian Anderson to make it 5-4 Brewers. Uh, then in the fifth, once again, the seesaw game. Uh, Jake Fraley at the plate, doubles to right to score Matt McClain. Uh, Colin Ray goes four and two-thirds innings, seven hits. Uh, five runs are all earned. One walk and seven strikeouts to two homers allowed. So uh tough day for Colin Ray. Five five game after five innings. That brings us uh to the seventh inning. Um Ellie De La Cruz at the plate, uh singles to score uh Friedel to make it uh six to five Reds, and that's where uh the chaos would ensue. Um so he he gets his single, he's on base. First, he immediately swipes second. Uh, then on the next pitch, 
he steals third standing up. Uh, Contreras didn't didn't even bother to make the throw uh, to to third. Uh, saw the kind of the Brewers napping there, and he took off and took the base. Uh, and then uh, he took off for home after he had reached third and ends up scoring all on the matter of those two pitches. Uh, have I've I can't remember ever seeing anything like that, Adam. And uh, no, I certainly haven't. I haven't been watching baseball as long as you. I have not seen anything like it. Also, I'm somewhat skeptical as to whether I will again, because everyone saw this. I would have rather if the Brewers were not, you know, essentially uh, the posterized party in this highlight reel dunk that Ellie De La Cruz had, because <laughs> this was something I know in Game 3 that... um. BA and Rock were talking about. It's like, yeah, Elvis Peguero's probably never gonna turn his back and kind of fall asleep with a with a guy who's just stolen third ever again. Uh, lesson learned, and I feel like with Ellie Dela Cruz on the base bats, that's gonna be the case. He's terrifying. He's absolutely terrifying. Um, I, I look, we could we could talk, I guess, coming out of the series and the takeaways we have and what we're gonna think of for the rest of the season. And the Brewers have their own incredible prospects that we're all excited about seeing making the jump and put it, putting it all together. Uh, this guy could be the best player in baseball for the next 10 to 15 years. Uh, so, like, I, I think we're all of our hopes for Jackson Churio. He's going to need to keep pace or outpace this guy who's in the same division. And I think that's also, I guess, a takeaway here, which is, the NL Central, for all that we've talked about it, sorry state this season, and for all the standings watch we've done where essentially everyone was below 500, around 500, that is not going to be the outlook for this division in the years ahead, because I think the Reds, the Reds have it already. Like, it's there. They just need to not mess it up, which they are the Reds, and I we'll see. They've other good prospects to come, though. This is this is the rivalry. I mean, in in terms of competitive rivalry, that first and foremost, the Brewers have to want to get their way into and prove that they are the team in the division that's going to belong in this for the, the next few years. All signs point to it, um, but I don't know how anyone comes out of that game, out of this series, generally. Without being like, well, Ellie De La Cruz is going to break a lot of Brewers' hearts over the next 10 years. And it's just going to be a matter of, do the Brewers' best prospects elevate their game to a level where they can return the favor? Um, yeah, I, I think that's... it's You just have to look at what the Reds have done and then see it in action. And he is like, he is the centerpiece. Like, the what's the difference between last year and this year and what... What's the kind of flip switching, switch flipping even? Um, or, you, you know, that works both ways. Uh, moment this year, it's Ellie De La Cruz's call up. And there's no doubt as to why, as to what he can do, what he can do in terms of the power he has off the bat, what he can do defensively. Just, he made a, in game three, he made a really, really impressive catch over his shoulder like back to the ball into the outfield look routine yeah that was on the like the one that winker kind of flipped down the line was that, that yeah catch? i haven't seen too many third basemen who are going to be going and making that play and certainly making it 
look like the most just routine thing imaginable. He has got it all. And we're going to be seeing it for a long time. To be able to come out on top of this series against him was great. But that's maybe the highlight moment of his career to date. It's not going to be the last. It's not going to be the last. Yeah, yeah power, speed, good defensive one thing, Adam. But he stole home on <laughs> two pitches. I was scared enough uh, when he stole second and third on back-to-back pitches. And then just to have the the baseball IQ to just wait out that situation. I was looking at like the mannerisms from all the players on that play. So Contreras pump fakes to third and was like, ah, I can't get him. I'm not doing this. Throws it back to Pagero. Pagero turns around. And then at one point, B.A. is just like pointing his glove. Like, do you see what's happening in front of us <laughs> right now? And then by then it's too late, fires the ball. It reaches the backstop. Just what an exciting player. And uh, well, like how many times a season does home get stolen? Would you guess generally in Major League Baseball? I have no idea, but it's not many. Like, like I, definitely on one hand, right? I would think maybe it, two. There's a lot. There's a lot of baseball games. Yeah, like where it would be, where it would be scored a steal of home rather than like an error. Error is assume, the thing. Yeah, I would, that's, that's. I would assume it's not many because he's he flat out stole it. Obviously, stole it was it. like a, it was a, uh, a lapse in judgment error on Figueroa's part. But in terms of like what the actual play was the man it's not an went error. out there yeah. and he swiped just... he went out there and he swiped home <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah sorry to to gush about an opposing player for a 5 minute segment but uh uh just come away very I think it's important to see him play yeah it's important like i don't think we just be like oh screw that guy and move on we're going to be seeing him yeah. all the time and this is the division and I, I think we've got a lot of really kind of high hopes for what the brewers future looks like I mean, the National League could end up in a place where it's like it's coming true to NL Central in a few years. If things pan out for the Brewers and if Elliot De La Cruz continues on his trajectory, the Reds do some smart things around that. Like that's that's a possibility. So this is maybe the first sampling we've had of that iteration of what Reds Brewers could be. And it's going to be what we're going to talk about all season in Race for the Pennant. But it that's really just the very, very beginning. That's just a drop of the ocean compared to how Ellie the Cruz may factor into the future of both of these franchises um, over the next few years. I can't wait until we're talking about Jackson Churio doing these types of things to uh, hope you other teams. It's going to be a great day. So Dela Cruz's deal of home uh, makes it seven to five in the seventh. Uh, Nothing doing for the Brewers in the bottom half of the seventh. Nothing doing in the bottom half of the eighth. Jonathan India adds another run with a sacrifice fly to make it 8-5 in the ninth. And then um, uh, Diaz closes things out. But we did. uh, One thing that we want to mention, though, is we did get the um, debut of Abner Uribe. Uh, So, as we mentioned, uh, exciting to see him make his debut. Uh, Fired a a scoreless um, top of the eighth inning. Got Spencer Steer to foul out. Struck out uh, Tyler Stevenson swinging, struck out Will Benson uh, looking, uh, stretched out for another inning, uh, allowed the uh, Friedel single, uh, and uh, a balk got Friedel to uh, second. Matt McClain, uh, infield single, gets him to third, and then the sack fly gets the run in. Uh, Adam, you, you uh, took some issue with some of the, the umpiring in this inning. Don't know if uh, you had any thoughts on that um, before we move on to the last game, but for the most part, I think a really good debut for Uribe and 
you know, keeping him to that one inning role as he ramps up. Uh, I think he's has the potential for just uh, electrifying innings filled with strikeouts. Yeah, this was Abner Uribe's moment, and uh, home plate umpire John Tupain decided he wanted to be the star of the show. And this uh, this goes beyond that. It's like it it had been bubbling for a few innings for both teams. Um, it's just it's always the absolute worst thing when you feel an umpire inserting themselves into the game, kind of being overly officiating, being overly kind of nitpicky and making what's a really close, exciting game increasingly about the umpire. And I guess with Abner, the thing is what we would have had concerns about and with all of that adrenaline, you'd be like, is he going to be able to is he going to have to find a strike at all? Like, is he going to have any kind of control? Control was awesome. No walks through two innings, which is exactly where you would think he'd have some difficulty. Uh, the only area where there was a problem, and I was trying to think of that in terms of what's the differences between Triple A and majors in this run, and I wouldn't have thought there are any. You'll be able to tell me for sure. Um, He just kept forgetting to essentially engage with the hitter and ensure that the hitter knew he was ready, that the hitter was ready and go and throw. So he was warned a couple of times. Then he was assessed his bulk, which I mean, on the replays, I I didn't see it. I don't understand it. Um, I know the Brewers broadcast crew were in a very similar position where it's just like, what is going on? Rock was not having it at all. Uh, Craig, Craig, Council, <laughs> Craig got tossed for Look, I won't I won't fully commit to taking him at his word on this because managers generally say, oh, you know, I just asked him, you know, why is that a balk? How is that a balk? Can we can you tell me Craig's point of view, which is reasonable and would have seemed like because it was it was becoming a problem where it was Uribe was pitching brilliantly, but it's like, okay, what's he doing wrong? Like, give us a chance to communicate to him what you're not happy with. So we can get that right. and There's no more problems. Um, so Craig asked why it was a bulk. And he said, didn't get an answer. When he turned to walk away, he was tossed. Um, very similar situation then happened with Brian Anderson, which I haven't actually seen. Like I haven't, I don't know if there even is video footage of that. Um, if I just haven't noticed it in replays, BA is also not a guy. Uh, I I don't know. He, he doesn't seem like this like out of control, fiery guy. who's going to come and, flip the umpire off and got tossed. He got tossed too. Um, yeah, just just a moment generally where John Tupain he became the story. Um, and that's never good. I believe it was also this game there was... God, I'm not going to even remember at what point. It was a crucial juncture in the game. Might have been that, that uh, run tacked on in the ninth, it was. It was on the sack fly. It should have been three outs. I mean, there was a there was a strike that was called as a ball. Brewers should have been out of there already. And you know, I know, I know, it doesn't ultimately matter. But um, yeah, I just the the umpiring was not very good. Particularly, I think there should be some understanding and I guess a little bit more leniency in. Okay, well, this is a guy who has just come up. I'm sure Contreras behind the plate is also communicating. It's like when there are some issues, it's like, okay, can we just iron this out? Like, 
it should be something that's very simple for the officials to communicate to the players. Everyone gets on the same page and we move on with the game and there's no problems. And it just, it was not going that way. So I think a ridiculous bulk, which ultimately leads to the run um, that goes on your eBay's record, which is also kind of shitty because I think he was absolutely fantastic. It was so, so exciting to watch. and I can't wait to see him again. And I've no doubt, look, he's a reliever. It's guaranteed to be ups and downs, but they might be, they might be more extreme with him. The upside looks worth it right now. Um, my God, Andrew, if they were coming into this season prepared to give Matt Bush a chance because of what he could throw, I think Abner Uribe as a prospect at his age certainly deserves a very long leash and a real kind of commitment to this could be like the future of a really, really deadly Brewers bullpen. Peguero and Piamps have been transformational where would the brewers be without them this season um but if you're trying to map out beyond that i think someone who could be an absolutely terrifying electric setup man for devon um i I think that kind of thing could be in your ebay's future there are gonna be things to iron out there's no doubt about that you cannot throw the ball as hard as he does without there being moments where you'll lose it slightly but this was the upside under like the most scrutiny, the most pressure he's likely ever experienced in his life. And he looked really, really good. So nothing but good things to say about that. And honestly, if the bullpen wasn't so stretched, he's out of there after his clean eight inning. And he gets to kind of to take that shine and carry it on. And maybe he pitches again the next day. Who knows? Um, but it's just really reflective of the kind of things the Brewers have had to be doing that he was also back out for the ninth and all of the carnage that unfolded from there. Um, 100 miles per hour on the swinging strikeout to Stevenson and then gets Benson looking with the slider. Exciting stuff, for sure. He was he um, was dotting the corners at some of them. Like, that's that's the thing that is was just mind-blowing because it's like, okay, I've got one idea of what this is, but there was some touch. There was some finesse there. Um very very exciting like in that regard all-star break this year Andrew you know what I'm glad it's short because I want to see more Abner Uribe for the Brewers there we go so 8-5 Reds win the story of the game is Ellie De La Cruz's uh steal at home but the story for us is Abner Uribe making us dream on uh what his future with the Brewers could be final game of this series on a Sunday to wrap things up Ben Lively on the mound against Wade Miley and this was uh, uh, a pitcher's duel, a, a couple of guys just pitching around base runners and uh, not being affected by anything. Uh, the Brewers score in the first inning. Uh, a Jesse Winker single scores Christian Yelich. Uh, Yelich had started the game off uh, with a double and then uh, scores on the Jesse Winker single, and that was all of the scoring. Wade Miley goes six innings, uh, just four hits allowed, no runs, three walks, eight strikeouts for Wade Miley. <clears throat> Lively settles in after the first inning damage, five and two-thirds innings pitch, four hits, uh, the one run in the first two walks, five strikeouts. And then for the Brewers, Elvis Peguero throws a scoreless inning looking dominant. Yoel Piant throws a scoreless inning looking dominant. And Devin Williams throws a scoreless inning looking dominant. Each one of them had two strikeouts each and just tidy, what was it, a two-hour 
and four-minute baseball game at American Family Field with our good friend Numak in attendance, uh, eating cheese curds and just uh, enjoying himself immensely. Uh, yeah, nice tidy win. Uh, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good good performance uh, by Wade Miley. I thought the defense played well. Uh, Brian Anderson, uh, Bryce and Bryce Terang, um turned a nice double play at one point to uh, kind of snuff out uh, any hopes of a rally in an inning. Um, obviously, the offense could have been better, uh, but did did get seven hits, just went one for eight uh, with runners in scoring position, left for eight runners on base. So that was not great. Had a couple of uh, double plays from Yelich and Blake Perkins in big situations where they could have extended the lead. But you know what? I will take a uh, a one nothing win going into the all-star break. So shout out to Wade Miley in the bullpen. Shout out to Christian Yelich for starting the game out with a double. And uh, that wraps up the first half of the season. Only the second one nothing win of the season for the Brewers. Um, the previous one nothing coming, I believe, against the Padres. And in what was another Wade Miley start. So... If the Brewers want to win by a single run with clean copybook on their side, seems like Wade Miley is the answer. Season high eight strikeouts for him, really, really fantastic. And particularly, probably late in the fourth, I was like, mm, are there six innings here? Are we going to get five? And even on the broadcast, they were talking about we might see them kind of piggyback Julio Tehran. And that could be what it looks like for the rest of the day. So to see Wade Miley get up to 95 pitches, um, pushed probably further than he should have been, but he got out of it against the teat of the Reds order. Excellent, excellent performance. And I, I just want to shout out, I mean, you alluded to a Brian Anderson, Bryce Strang double play there. Uh, Bryce Strang's defense in this series was fantastic. Um, I know it's always great, but so many plays where you're just like, yeah, basically 80% of the other second base shortstop types in the major leagues aren't necessarily going to make all those plays. There's something so endearing about how freakishly athletic he is and how he just doesn't look it at all to me, uh, particularly with his haircut. He just He's just a normal guy, Andrew. He's just a normal, he's probably about your height. Uh, he's he's doing it for you and all your people, and you gotta admire him for it. It's it's pretty incredible. And one thing I will say too, there were a couple of moments in this series where I was like, uh, Owen Miller at first base strikes again, um, where Rowdy with that extra height and that ability to just go and kind of scoop balls off the floor that are many feet away from was was deeply missed. The one thing that you get and that I don't think we'd seen a lot of Owen Miller getting to kind of showcase or utilize at first is the athleticism. He made a really great high catch on a scorching ball towards the corner that would have, I believe it was from Joey Votto, would have been trouble otherwise during this series. Um, That's the kind of thing where if he's asked to be really athletic at first, it works out great. Maybe some of the more routine stuff, funnily enough, when Willie Adams has a rare throw offline, where Rowdy might just stop it from going into the into the dugout, that's where it's going to be a problem for Owen Miller. But the athleticism of the Brewers infield, I think, top marks for for them in this series. Couldn't agree more, Adam. 
All right, we'll go to the Master Brewer leaderboard before we uh, <clears throat> talk about the draft. Um, well, w- one thing just before we do that, because we should just we should give a snapshot as we are at not the midway point, but the midway points. Thanks for not making that confusing, baseball. Um, one game back of the Reds in the NL Central, six up on the Cubs to third place. So this is already really shaping up to be a two-horse race. Uh, seven and a half games up on the Pirates. Remember those days, Andrew? Remember what was the Pirates who were the team to worry about? It was like three weeks ago, and they have just self-destructed. Um, what I do think, I noted this in our in our Brewers Discord channel, worth noting, the Brewers are a half game back of the final wildcard spot too. And they really have brought themselves into a place with a good finish to the first half where all options are on the table for them in terms of making the playoffs again. And the wild card was really looking kind of out of sight as the division was struggling more generally. But as the Reds have picked up and kind of set a new standard, the Brewers are doing all they can to match it. Let's hope that picks up the other side of the break. They go win a series in Cincinnati and they clinch a tiebreaker, which could be could be decisive in this division. Um, but even beyond that, it looks like if it's not the division, if Ellie Dela Cruz just proves too much for the Brewers to be able to catch, uh, we could have another wild card race to keep an eye on this year, which will hopefully end up better than last year. So I guess positives, positives all around. Um, playoff baseball feels more more plausible now than it did maybe a month ago. I uh I missed the uh the Dodgers run. They are now tied. Uh, in terms of games back in the NOS lead with the Diamondbacks ahead of them on win percentage. I missed that happening. Wow. Baseball can change in an instant. Yeah, it sure can. And I believe that because when I looked at the wild card uh, <clears throat> race last night, it was the Dodgers who were in a wild card spot. So that must have been one of the late games last night to just flip that. So, yeah, we'll we'll see how that one plays out. My snakes, Andrew, they may still have a thing to say about that. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they just need a rest. That's what I think. Um, Master Brewer leaderboard. I guess I have to ask you this in real time, um, because I'm an idiot and it didn't occur to me at the time. So Willie Adamas gets a beer five for 14, two doubles and three homers, four runs, 60 RBI. Uh, does Willie deserve an extra beer for the three homers? That's what yeah, I was let's, thinking let's as well. Give him two beers. So that's two beers for Mr. Willie Adamas. Um, uh, the, you're seeing how the sausage is made, and when a man hits three homers in a series, um, they get they get another beer. Uh, William Contreras, uh, Joey Weimer, Bryce Serang, Owen Miller, Corbin Burns, Wade Miley, Devin Williams, Hobie Milner, Yoel Piams, and Abner Uribe. Welcome to Milwaukee beer for Abner Re- Uribe with that electrifying eighth inning. Um, leaderboard through 91 games. Devin Williams leads the way with 22. Yoel Piams with 17. Christian Yelich with 16. <clears throat> Brian Anderson with 14. Joey Weimer, William Contreras, Willie Adamas with 13. Owen Miller and Corbin Burns with 12. Peter Strzelecki, Elvis Piguero, Hobie Milner with 11. Roddy Telez and Bryce Wilson with 10. Bryce Serang, Wade Miley with 8. Julio Tehran, Colin Ray, Victor Caratini with 7. Freddie Peralta with 6. Garrett Mitchell and Adrian Hauser with 5. Blake Perkins, Jesse Winker, Andre Monasterio with 4. Eric Lauer, Jake Cousins, Trevor McGill with 3. Brandon Woodruff, Gus Farland, Javi Guerra, Tyrone Taylor, and Ryan Maltapia with 2. Luke Voigt, Mike Rosso, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, Darren Ruff, 
Abraham Toro, Jemai Jones, J.B. Bukowskis, and Abner Uribe with one beer each. All right, Adam. Um, the Futures game. Uh, the future is here. Jefferson, Jefferson Caro, um, Jackson Chorio, and Jacob Mizorowski getting to play in that game. And uh, I think the real story of the game was Mizorowski. Am I am I wrong? Um, I think like the buzz coming from even national writers that watched that game thought that he showcased uh, the best stuff. So uh, pretty exciting for that. He had his um, his one inning and just dotted the zone with a hundred mile per hour pitches with regularity. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to watch any of the game, but if so, any thoughts on Mizorowski and just the game at large? Uh, I did. I watched. God, was it? I saw Mizorowski. I'm trying to think what inning he came in. I... Why are box scores as readily available for the Futures game? This is the NBA do this around some of their stuff too. Um, I'm on a Baseball America one, which is not structured very well. I could find last year's on MLB. I could find MLB Futures betting on ESPN. Like, get it together, everyone. This is this is the yeah, really I exciting stuff. Their MLB uh, Futures game um, used to be nine innings, and now it's not. I wonder why. It's weird. Oh, well, then that doesn't help me in working out how many innings I watched. Um, I watched then pretty much all of it, probably. Yeah, Mizorowski is absolutely, from a Brewers standpoint, um, I, I don't think it's unfair to say he was probably, he would have been third on most people's kind of power rankings of which Brewer they were most excited to watch coming into it. And like fresh off of Abner Uribe to see someone else who's throwing that kind of heat, um, moving the ball like he was, and again, showing like pretty good control on a big stage where you know a lot of eyes are going to be on against like the most concentrated and I guess highest caliber competition he will have faced is like incredibly exciting, dazzling. I noticed this ongoing conversation about what exactly he is, whether he is a reliever, whether he is a starter. Um, and some of the concerns, I guess, being that, well, he throws so hard, the ball moves so much that it is it is it even possible that he's going to be stringing multiple innings together? Um, I don't know if he could be a starter. I think the Brewers, you know, if, if that does hold up over like five, six innings and he's that guy, the Brewers will have found their next ace. And if that doesn't hold up, they have an absolutely incredible reliever in their future. So one way or another, this is a top tier pitching prospect um, who has been having a great, great season in the minor leagues, but has come up on this stage and has had a really strong game too. Um, Jefferson Cuero got himself an RBI worth noting, got himself a hit tough, tough game for Jackson Cheerio, who just couldn't really make anything happen, which was, which was unfortunate. Would have liked to see some some real kind of standout moments for him. Not that this really matters, but just again as a, a chance to showcase uh, to the wider baseball viewing public and obviously with a lot of the, the hype and the noise that has surrounded Churio in terms of his rise up all sorts of national prospect rankings. Would have been nice for him to have a big game too. That didn't quite come together, but listen, plenty of time in his future to make a mark like that. 
uh, for now, good good performance, you know, behind the play too from Caro. And yeah, Mizorowski is certainly, certainly the standout to take away from the Futures game for the Brewers. I finally found uh, some semblance of the stat that I was uh, looking for for Mizorowski. Uh, all 11 of his four-seam fastballs hit triple digits. Like, are you kidding me? That's insanity. Uh, and then he's uh, struck out uh, the three batters um, to get out of the inning. But goodness, uh, definitely uh, reasons to be optimistic about the Brewers' future for whatever um, role Mizorowski eventually lands in. Do you, um, do you have any take on that? Do you have any feeling on the the starter reliever? It's still just too early. We need to see him rise the ranks and see how it settles out there. Or where do you? Yeah, from? I think. Uh, I think that's probably what it is. Obviously, I haven't seen him pitch enough. I just go based off the, some of the scouting reports that I've read. I think uh, the worry that most people have uh, is that due to his delivery, he won't be able to, you know, throw enough strikes to mm-hmm. put together a full workload that a starter would put together across an outing. That being said, like just amateur eyes on. Uh, television screen it looks like his delivery has been cleaned up to a degree uh compared to where it was when we were watching the draft videos of him that's just uh an initial takeaway but i mean there are guys with abnormal deliveries or deliveries that you wouldn't associate with a starter's delivery that eventually you know proved to be outliers and he may be one of those guys i mean chris sale think about the career he had everyone thought he was a reliever when he was drafted and he became one of the best starters in baseball for a number of years and uh yeah i think it's something we'll see over time they're obviously ramping him up slowly in terms of uh the duration of his outings which i think is smart but you know as we get into next year and late next year you see if he can turn over a lineup a couple times um you know work deeper into games and then you see what you got and if it doesn't work out like you said the worst case scenario is you throw him in the back end of the bullpen and then we're watching Abner Uribe, Jacob Mizorowski, Devin Williams for the next uh, decade or more. And that's not a bad outcome either. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see kind of how the scouting reports um, view him as his career develops and he gets to the higher level levels of minor league baseball and we just see like okay what is this going to look like on a major league roster but doesn't seem like any bad outcomes barring uh barring anything health related moving on to the major league baseball draft adam um brewers had the the 18th pick um in the first round and uh a lot of guys that we had talked about potentially falling to them matt shaw uh, tommy troy uh nolan chanel uh hurston waldrip the the hitters on that list um were taken a little bit earlier and gave the brewers an opportunity to do something that maybe uh writers and scouts don't associate with their draft philosophy uh their the philosophy uh in years past has been like up the middle guys with a hit tool um like quote unquote safe picks and they they did not do that they they went for the the power pick. Uh, they selected Brock Wilkin, third baseman from Wake Forest, a guy that I've gotten to see play quite a bit as he, you know, was in ACC country playing for one of the best teams in the nation this year, Wake Forest, a team that 
made it all the way to Omaha only to lose to LSU, who was like the the super team of uh, of college baseball this year. With they had the top two picks, Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz. They also had uh, uh, Ty Floyd, who went a little bit uh, later. I think he slipped to the second round. I can't remember. Um, and they have Tommy White, who projects to be a probably first round pick next year. So no shame in losing to them. But Brock Wilkin, power hitting third baseman, um, led uh, the uh, set an ACC single season home rec- run record this year with 31 homers had a 506 uh, OBP this year uh there were some concerns early in ACC play that uh, a slump would push him out of the first round but he closed strong um looked good in the postseason uh solid to average defender at third with an above average throwing arm and a guy who if he reaches his peak I mean it's not hard to imagine kind of like Austin Riley upside for him in terms of the way he would profile there. So a very interesting pick that I don't think a lot of people saw coming, but I'm thrilled with it for the biased reasons in that, you know, Oh, the guy I saw a lot and was really good. That's the guy you should take because I've seen him and confirmation bias and all that. Um, but yeah, uh, thrilled with it. I don't know if you have any thoughts about just that kind of profile of players, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with you rarely, you, re- you I don't think organizations draft for major league need ever. Really. It's usually like for the most Plus. part, take the best guy on your board. And if that, if he's the best guy on their board, then I, I love the pick. Might also be the major league need though, because of the philosophy they're stuck to and how they've drafted, which is even if we go beyond Okay, your Bryce Terangs and your Garrett Mitchell, your Joey Weimer, guys who are up, or Sal Freelick, who's nearly there, or the likes of uh, Jackson Churio. So you've got a lot of outfielders, then a lot of their plays. You've got kind of second base and shortstop types and Eric Brown in uh, Tyler Black. So one of the one of the elements it feels like we always end up talking about with the Brewers when it comes to trade deadline. I mean, I don't think it's going to be priority this year, but it's like last year we talked about it all the time and I still think they need it to some extent this year if it wasn't for the fact that Brian Anderson has given them such great defense it's this team has consistently lacked a good power hitter at the third base spot and they're just losing out to most teams they go up against night to night so to me this was actually really exciting for a couple of reasons that being one the other being I knew of Brock Wilkin because you kept telling me about like I've been, I've seen him at this game I've seen him at this game he was sort of a handful of names that I was ready to be like oh that's who they drafted and when they in fact did draft him I was like okay well I think this makes a whole lot of sense in a lot of departments because you have stocked up on a lot of contact hitters contact hitters who are progressing well and should make up core pieces of your major league rotation so at that point it doesn't feel like the worst idea to add someone in there who is an absolute masher. And for that to be someone at third base, I think that's even better again, because I mean, first base is its own question mark as we've seen emerge this season for the Brewers. Third base has been one though for a little bit longer than that. And I think working out kind of the long-term look at those corners and maybe first is going to be someone converted just to try and make the pieces work. But I I think that's going to be crucial. And a third baseman who's got a track record of hitting balls really, really hard, stacking up homers. That, to me, makes a lot of sense in a more major league fit way than we would have associated. And I guess 
maybe it is just as simple as best player available, but you can also start to think a little bit like that when you've had a defined philosophy for a long time and you can look at confidence at the kind of collection of contact hitters you built up or at the collection of kind of middle infield guys you built up. That allows you to then look to the corners and look to some of the other, I guess, skill needs that you might have in mapping at your team long-term too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, also, he's a guy who um, his his contact numbers have improved and is um, over time. And, Chase um, rate's gone way, way down, right? That's the yeah, one that jumped out to me. He set a Wake's four single-season record with 90 runs and 69 walks. He has 462 isolated slugging percentage, was the second uh, highest in college baseball. Um, Todd Johnson uh, of the Brewers organization said, yeah, it's a different profile, but his contact rates have actually improved over time as well. Everyone knows that if you're going to take big power, you're going to trade off some contact for that. We think we got a pro... Uh, profile power hitting third baseman who's also a good defender and has a really strong arm over there. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the the profile that we described him as. Um, and I'm guessing that um, Wilkins going to uh, take an under slot deal, which uh, allows them to offer more to um, the other picks that they've they've made. Uh, Wilkin was quoted as saying, uh, "We got the money." situation figured out right away from then on i was super stoked to be able to call myself a brewer now uh seems to be a really fun personality too um i heard him on the acc baseball etc podcast a few weeks ago or months ago during the college baseball season hosted by darren vaught and danny graves former major league uh, baseball pitcher and uh yeah just seemed like a really likable down-to-earth guy who loves baseball and uh loves having a good time so a nice uh a nice guy to be added to the organization. And uh, elsewhere, the Brewers also drafted Josh Noth in the Comp A round. Um, Noth is a, a high school pitcher out of New York. Uh, the highlight of his uh, pre-draft, I guess, was a 19-strikeout perfect game. Uh, apparently, in his junior year, he had a 20-strikeout perfect game. <laughs> uh, his curveball... Uh, is uh has 3000 plus rpm spin is is what i've seen it uh called as what does that mean i don't know probably it means it spins a lot and it's hard to pick up uh with the with the human eye so uh clocked upwards of 98 with the fastball sits around 94 96 um uh, excuse me uh has a college commitment to old miss uh so that's probably uh where the Brewers will use some of those savings uh, on the Wilkins slot deal to make sure Nose gets in the system and is a guy that you get into the pitching lab, you you, you go to work, and uh, you see if you can have uh, a, another starting pitching prospect on your hands. So definitely uh, intriguing there as well, um, a guy with the uh, upside. Yeah, and he doesn't turn 18 till August. So That's crazy inc- to me. Incredibly young. Um, already with quite a lot of kind of credentials at a high school level. I mean, the Journal Sentinel piece I read earlier kind of flagged that um, the Brewers were talking about, yeah, he was someone that they got a lot of calls from other teams. Uh, once they once they drafted him, it was it seemed like a lot of teams around that kind of spot were sniffing around him, even though he may not have been one of the buzziest names um, coming into the draft. But yeah, I mean, high-quality pitching, 
prospect at that age, and if you can get him into the system immediately, get him working with the pitching lab, I've no doubt he could develop a changeup. I've no doubt he can become a really, really good pitcher. Um, so I, I think that's if we were to draw up a wish list for things we would have liked to see from kind of some of the better picks the Brewers were to make. I, I think a quality pitching prospect would have been one of them. So, yeah, excited with this one. And then uh, last on the list, uh, the second round pick, Mike Bovey um, from the University of Nebraska, Omaha, who they took with the 54th overall selection. He hit 401 with a 1.075 OPS. He struck out just nine times in 211 plate appearances. That there, there's the profile, <laughs> the guy that the Brewers like. That's that's the that's the Spider-Man meme one. But uh, yeah, high contact guy from a a smaller uh program, smaller school. Uh, yeah, get him. Get him into the system. See if he keeps just making a lot of contact and um, de- develops into a major league hitter. We'll see. Uh, played third base in college mostly, but uh, here in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the speculation is that his home as a pro might be second base. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But uh, power hitting third baseman, a power pitcher with many years to develop, and then a high contact infielder. So, uh Knowing as little as you can possibly know about baseball players until you actually see them pro ball, even with all that said, I, I think Brewers fans have to be happy with kind of the reports on the guys they took. Yeah, on paper, it's a what's not to like situation. We'll we'll see over the years how it actually pans out, but um, the Brewers have also earned some trust on this front. I mean, they've they've done a very good job in recent years, and yeah, let's hope it's it's the same again. I think. Uh... I think that's all we have. It's a power plaque show. Uh, is there anything else other than to look at? No, we'll uh, we'll probably come back later in the week. I mean, that's one again, not to do too much out of sausages made. We can work that out off air, but it might be worthwhile. Us, um, we can talk obviously about Corbin Burns' uh, All Star Game showing, but a state of the Brewers pod in some regard, maybe laying out the options as well. We're three weeks exactly today from the trade deadline um, and maybe discussing the two paths that the Brewers could go down and what that might look like and the different things that might factor into their decisions. I think that it's, it feels like a conversation that we've uh, we've probably needed to have for a little while. And here's the, the brief slowdown. So maybe later in the week, we, we do some of that. What do you think? Yeah, we'll take a look at the schedules and uh, we'll lock that in. Great. All right. To make sure you catch that and all future episodes of Cruising for a Bruising, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You should also check out the rest of the Eurostep Podcast Network, the main feed by that same name, home to all things Milwaukee Books. Uh, I believe there's an episode up there now with Ty and Rohan on the Eurostep talking about Book Summer League. Things going well. Marjan Bochamp looking great. 2-0 start to Summer League. Is this the year, Andrew, where a Summer League championship could become a reality for the Bucks? Jordan Tresky's dreamt of it all his life. It's the real championship he's been chasing. Let's see what happens. Speaking of Jordan Tresky, Jordan Anumak hosts Talk of the Tundra for all things Packers. Andrew and I also talk pop culture on Make Time for This, most recent episode on Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. The next episode should be coming later this week. 
um, on season two of The Bear. Make sure you subscribe. Make time for this. Get more from Andrew and I. Stay up to date with movies, TV, all of that stuff. And that pretty much does it. Well, until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. <laughs>